0: Welcome back to 33 Dreams of Indy. I'm your host, Robert Earl, And today I'm joined by Stingray Rob uh, with Yukos Racing in the Indy Pro 2000 series. Uh, Stingray's from Idaho. And growing up myself in Yakima, Washington, we had a, quite a few drivers that would come from Idaho to compete on the NASCAR tour and be there in Yakima. What's it been like growing up in Idaho, trying to find a place to race? Um, you know, Idaho
1: is very nice for outdoor activities. We're going to go snow skiing in the winter, uh, hunting in the fall, playing in the spring. So definitely got plenty of activities to do. And I just decided that whatever I couldn't do here, I'd choose that as my career. So I chose racing. <laughs> um, but like I said, uh, there's not much around here for, for racing. So our closest track is Tri-Cities, Washington, growing up with go-karts. And that's about a four-hour drive. And then our closest car track is Salt Lake City. Um, what used to be Miller Motorsports Park. So definitely racing is, uh, was introduced to me, and uh, I think I, I chose whatever event I could do the the away. So it worked out well. I mean, we do have a little uh, quarter-mile oval NASCAR track, but for road racing, there's not much.
0: You, you sound like a future Florida resident, so okay. I, I yeah. understand uh, where you'll be able to do this uh, 12 months out of the year. Uh, WeatherTech yeah. Laguna Seca. Uh, let's go through your weekend um, pole position for race number one. You had the uh, fastest lap of the race, uh, finished second. Now that you've had a little bit of an opportunity to uh, make your way home, uh, reflect on the race. Uh, how do you feel about it?
1: Uh, Laguna Seca is one of the tracks I've really looked forward to driving on. Um, but going into that event, I was a little bit nervous, to be honest. I I had very high hopes, but only with a 30-minute practice session before going into qualifying one, it's hard to adapt that fast, especially to a track that's that technical. You know, you have the corkscrew, and that's just one of the corners that are very hard on the track. But you go in there, and you can't see. So, for (laughs) sure, time and experience on that course is going to add to speed. And so, going into that corner and not having any time or experience, you don't know where you're going to land on the other side. So, for many reasons, um, like I said, I was nervous. but I think looking back, it was a good weekend overall.
0: Yeah, that that first race, uh, again, you turned fastest lap of the race. Uh, when you were racing that, uh, did the fact that you were racing against or with uh, Kyle Kirkwood and his position in the points, did that have any impact on your thought process?
1: No, I knew, I've known Kyle since we were young and in go-karts. Um, he was always a category above me. And I know he's a good driver, but uh, I knew that I had the speed to run away. And so from the early start I started to pull a gap and I think I led 22 of the 25 laps before going off. And, you know, it's just one of those things. I think it was a little bit immaturity in uh, leading a race like that. I mean, that's my first time leading a formula car race in the road to Indy. So for sure it was challenging mentally um, disappointing, but I think everything works for, for the good of those that are uh, wanting to do what's right. So definitely moving forward. I think it was a good weekend. Like I said,
0: yeah. And, and and sticking with that, you touched upon Laguna Seca and I hear the drivers were excited about going to it beforehand. And then when they're actually driving it, you really don't get the concept of it on TV. So why is it such a favorite track for drivers?
1: It's difficult. It is really a hard track to drive on if you've never been there. And I think that just is coming from the banking and you know what really surprised me is when we showed up and how much the track changed session to session.
0: Okay. And we've
1: been saying that all year about different tracks, but Laguna Seca I think is very specific in that because you have the sand versus grass or dirt off the side of the track, but the sand will blow onto the track if someone goes off or it gets windy, um it'll stick there. So every session you're hoping that the track's clean and not sandy, but the grip is so low at Laguna Seca that you have to be perfect. You have to be right in the line. And for us uh, road to indy drivers the cooper tire compound that we use is very different than the firestone compound yeah. and they don't mix very well and so when IndyCar car goes out there it changes the whole balance of our car setup once we're on track and we kind of have to drive inside the line of other okay. uh other lines the indy car race down
0: and then throw into a porsche cup throw into it mazda uh, cup that's racing, and Absolutely. you're also going out at different times, either before the uh, indie Car big boys or the the uh, right after them, and that's it right. just throws a quite a bit of variables on. And that's on any track, but uh, specifically there. But I've heard so many talk about it, and that's something that I'm really trying to dig into and and find that out. Um, race number two uh, started third, finished sixth. There was the incident in turn one. um but that was a heck of a way to rally back as well
1: yeah yeah you know the incident in turn one I was clean through I was not touched I think uh Petrov clipped my rear wing when he went flying through the air but um before that like as soon as the green flag was thrown I got side by side with Kirkwood and uh going through what is considered turn one on that front straightaway, leaning down to the turn two hairpin um but he clipped my front wing and snapped it in half so I was kind of crippled right from the start and there's not much I could have done. So we had that early caution flag from the the wreck in turn one slash two. And then, uh, I came in for a pit stop, changed the wing, fell back to 13th and fought my way back up to sixth. And Laguna Seca is not an easy track to pass on at all, especially with our cars. The arrow wash is significant. And like I said, if you get out of that line, you lose all the grip. So you have to run pretty much right in the draft with other cars in front of you. So, very little arrow when you're following someone and it makes it a lot more difficult to keep up in order to make a move.
0: That's another thing that I saw. I was watching this weekend on TV versus being there at the, the track. we um, yeah. were talking about the number of passes until I actually saw the USF 2000 race on Saturday. I did not believe that someone could pass on that track. Um, yeah, it, just because <laughs> of that difficult nature and where they were able to uh, catch someone because nobody was doing it into uh, uh, turn 11 to start on the front stretch. You would think that that would be a place, um, probably the most difficult turn on the track, uh, of the, uh, Andretti hairpin is where people were actually having to make their, uh, uh I yeah. like to think kind of, uh, Martinsville type of moves as to the crossovers or, or going into that, yeah. not having a front wing that would really take you out from that um, it seems like from the outside that Uncoast Racing is a is a family with the patriarch of, of Ricardo um, being in charge of that. Am I wrong, or is it really that way within the team? No, it is.
1: Uncoast Racing is a team that I've been trying to go with. Uh, I mean, we we knew last year that they were kind of the team to beat. They've been successful in the championship for I don't even know how long. They've dominated Pro Mazda, now Indy Pro 2000, as well as Indy Lights. So for them. I think this is kind of their livelihood. And like you said, Ricardo is kind of the, the mainstay for the, the team. You know, he's got his brother working on the cars full time. Uh, he's helping, like, for example, when I broke that front wing, Ricardo was right there with him. He was holding the, the parts together they needed to put back on and everything else. So he's very involved. He encourages them. He knows what's good. He knows what's not. And I think that's what makes the team so strong because their leader's strong he he's a good engineer. He could be a driver coach. He could be a driver if you really wanted to. So they have a long history in racing and they're very nice. You know, they're a team that I've really liked working with. um, And hopefully I'll get a chance to do the same with them next year.
0: You're in the same situation and I'm not looking to reveal any secrets here or anything like that. I'm, I'm here as the, the probably more of a fan standpoint or to more tell the stories. And uh, this Level of uncertainty uh, that you go into. Um, some of us might say, Welcome to the real world. Um, yet, uh, as, as you step out of the car and you performed, uh, how do you feel going into next season? I feel very good. Um,
1: we'll see what we're going to do. You know, it's still on the table to run Indy Lights, but uh, I think another season of Indy Pro 2000 would be in my best interest. Um, also, to consolidate to win a championship and maybe uh have a better opportunity to move up to india lights next year or sorry 2021 yeah um but now we know i think my first two years in the road to indy i won't say were throwaways but they were very steep learning curves and ones where we couldn't have a very tough chance or have a very good chance at the championship yeah. uh you know that first year um, I did the, the Pro Mazda in its last season with the old chassis before they went to the, the Tattus PM18. And that was just trying to get more formula time, uh, more time to see it, maybe on a bigger um, event along with IndyCar, like the Road to Indy prevents or presents to us. Yeah. Um, and so that season was kind of a throwaway moving forward into the new Tattus car. Whereas drivers in USF2000, they kind of got the experience and the feel for that same frame, because that, that same carbon fiber tub chassis they run in USF 2000, they move up with in Indy Pro 2000. So the car has a very uh, general feel that's similar throughout USF 2000 and Indy Pro 2000. And I think a good example of drivers having that success in USF 2000 moving up can be shown with Kyle Kirkwood, Rasmus Lynn, Parker Thompson. Those are all drivers that ran in USF 2000 with a new frame mm-hmm. and then moved up. And they were very successful their first time in it because they had that experience, that feel before they jumped into the new car.
0: They had that back to back and they're able to string that together and have the reference points of when I'm in the turn. This is where I feel it, either within my body or how the the car is responding. It it does a lot of that. So fourth and points, six podiums, 11 top uh, uh, five finishes other than lap uh, 21 of of race one. Is there anything that you would change uh, throughout the season? I I said it for you. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Besides that one, I mean, there's plenty of things that we can look back on. And knowing what I know now, I'd like to change. But I think the season ended how it's supposed to. The guy that won the championship deserved it very much. I mean, Kyle, he worked hard for that championship. So huge respects to him. Um, My teammate Rasmus coming second. You know, I think I'd like to have another run at that. Uh, I started the season off kind of slow and with mechanical failures. There's not much you can do. You know, there's a, a great book, I can't think of the name right now, but it says focus on the A factors and forget about the B factors because you can't control the B factors. So for sure, this was a season teaching me to, to fight through the adversity. And I think a few people saw that. Ricardo mentioned it to me at the, the season banquet this year. Okay. Just the, the versatility that I had through fighting through that adversity allowed me to be successful even on the tough weekends. Yeah. Um, like mid-Ohio, for example. I mean, that was just a great, great race, but I qualified. So first off, we had a horrible test there. We were struggling with uh, part failures, Um, you know, just shims falling out at Ruin America and it all carried forward into the test. And then we struggled to get the car right. And for some reason we were fighting this oversteer and we finally found these parts that were broken on it. So got that fixed and went back out and I had to relearn everything. So going into the race, I had to start over. I qualified seventh and fourth, which was not good. Um, But I think I was lucky to qualify fourth for race two. Mm -hmm. But race one, I fought my way up all the way up to second before having a penalty and dropping back and everything else happened during the melee. But I think I showed very good pace there, uh, real good aggression that I haven't showed in the previous races during the season, but something that I needed to show in order to show that I could challenge for the championship, uh, have that chance for a win do all that. And then race two, I did more of the same. I ended up walking away with a second place finish. And after that start, actually, um, I got rear ended on the start at mid Ohio, had a broken rear diffuser. And so downforce in the rear end was pretty limited. So for me to finish second and still set good lap times was pretty impressive. And I
0: think a lot of people took note of that. Yeah. You come off as being a nice guy. (laughs) Yeah. And then you talked about taking it taking it to them. Um, One thing that I'm fascinated about from the performance standpoint and this years in business is how do you recreate that situation outside of the car and what do you do to uh, help do that? I mean, you can sit at a sim all day long. Um, but how do you get your heart rate up? How do you get to the situation? Like the broken wing, you've got to come down pit road. You've got to go through all of the emotions and go through it. So, so what are you doing to improve yourself, um, in the off season or between races? Yeah. You know, that's hard. It's
1: very difficult because you can't simulate racing in real life. I mean, it's either you got to go race or you got to, do everything you can to be there but you can't simulate the mental processes of how to get through that adversity and so i think that was huge for me to figure that out this year and just having that knowledge um moving forward there's not something that you can develop during the off season i don't think unless you do a winter series you know uh the road to indies kind of got a partnership going now with the toyota racing series in new zealand where drivers can go over there for a discounted price and run january february over there get racing seat time, and then come forward into St. Pete
0: with that knowledge. But you take your budget and move there versus the entire year. That's also something that is a decision I'm sure drivers are going to have to make.
1: Absolutely. And it's not a full budget cost to run there versus over here. I mean, it's an additional cost. Um, And if you have the budget, it's a really good option, I think. Um, Something that I'm trying to figure out right now is to, in order to get to New Zealand as well as be able to afford the the full season cost. And so we're going to figure that out. We're going to be working hard the next few weeks to do that. Finalize some options maybe before uh, we get too far into the off season. Last year, I was very unfortunate. I went six months out of the car. I mean, I I went hunting, I went fishing, I went snow skiing, but I didn't get to drive a race car. So for me, that was really difficult Um, coming back. We had an early test at Sebring, Florida, I think like two or three weeks before St. Petersburg. And that was my first time in the car since Portland. And okay. so it was a huge learning curve, stepping back into the season, um, relearning the car, getting back comfortable to, to challenging corners and doing all that. But I stepped out of the gate pretty strong. I think I got yeah. a third at St. Petersburg. So it was good to, to kind of solidify myself as a good driver and knowing
0: that I was able to do that. You do a good <laughs> job referring to we. And I always like to give the drivers an opportunity to give a shout out to their, to their sponsors, their partners, their team that's around them. So uh, uh, go ahead and do so.
1: Yeah, you know, racing is a tough sport and drivers, you know, if they're arrogant and think that it's all up to them, it's, it's not, it's about the team that surrounds you. It's about uh, a man upstairs that's uh, watching over you. And, you know, I try and use racing as my mission field and I thank God for every, every person he's put in place, every race that I get to be in. And that's been a huge part of my career. I mean, having those right people that you put in place. Um, My mom is a huge example of that. She's my momager and she's my my biggest supporter, biggest critic, and she helps me on and off the track. So having people like her in place, uh, Peter Rossi, for example, is my manager and he helps on the financial side and getting sponsors and investors. And, you know, we have a huge following of people that are friends, family. Um, Portland, for example, we had over 210 plus people there supporting me that are from Idaho or across the country and they've grown into investors, um, in my career. And so that's how I'm able to race. You know, it's that, that group surrounding me that are, uh, wanting me to make it to that next level. And they want me to succeed and do all that huge. Thank you to all of them. Hoon Coast Racing is another example. Those guys are awesome. Uh, they want to see their drivers succeed. And I just feel like part of the family when I'm running with them.
0: Great to uh, recognize those folks. And uh, I know you also had a couple uh, uh, direct sponsors on the the side of your car. Go out local, I believe. And of course, uh, um, we can't forget Idaho Potatoes. That's right.
1: Yeah, I go out local. I'm actually sitting in their office right now. I kicked them out and uh, (laughs) I'm actually wearing one of their born and raised Idaho t-shirts. So huge thank you to them. Um, They're they're great supporters. Uh, It's nice to be supported by local companies like them. Big Idaho Potato truck is awesome too. We've had them at a few races, so seeing their their uh, support is amazing. And hopefully, we're going to see the Big Idaho Potato at some more races next year. So
0: that'd be great. I love them at Five Guys uh, with all the Idaho potatoes in there, but I try to limit that because of CrossFit. Now, you limit the list that uh, CrossFit is one of your passions. Is there a favorite particular workout or or what we call WOD that you love, or is there some that you see it on the board and you go? Uh, oh no! <laughs> no, I hate them all. Join <laughs> the
1: club. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, last the last few months, I haven't been able to go to CrossFit because we've been on the road so much. Um, but now during the off season, I can definitely get back into it. We have a local gym near where I live where uh, we refer him as my uncle, but he's not blood related. But my uncle will be uh, there, challenging me and hopefully getting me bigger, faster, stronger.
0: Yeah, well, you know the opens coming up, so you can put a time on the board there. There's a lot of things that uh, well, yeah. I know I, I struggle with and and kind of laugh about, especially when I see I see your level of what you're competing with, and I do relate that to the the Matthew Fraziers of the world of what they're doing and the commitment that we do not see behind the scenes, and that's that's again yeah. part of wanting to tell the uh, the story of what it takes to get seat time, what it takes to uh, actually be there on the track. We, we just hear the, uh, the flashy name, uh, which I knew, uh, when I heard it the first time in St. Pete, I had uh, folks going, well, wait a second. Where's this, where's this guy? What's this name? You know, and he's gotta be yeah. some hotshot and, and, uh, you're, you're a down to earth type of guy. So dream with me a little bit. You're in the car and you hear back home again in Indiana. As actually getting to be one of the 33 that starts the Indianapolis 500 what would that be like
1: you know there's a few moments in racing that I've ever uh gotten chills if that makes sense you know you, you feel the the run up your arm and go into your chest and you're just like wow I'm here and you're you're really in the moment and I think being the Indy 500 would be one of those moments of just overwhelming joy and kind of relief of just thinking wow all that work all that time all those years and we're finally here so um indianapolis is hallowed ground for anyone in formula car racing and in order to represent a team there my family my friends supporters, everyone would be magnificent so hopefully in the near future you'll be seeing Stinger rob in that top 33
0: be pinnacle, and they'll be looking at this video to say, oh, we talked about that way back in the day when we were dreaming of Indy. So there's a little selfish factor for putting that in there as well. Yet, it's part of that story. (laughs) Uh, This year was my 20th straight Indianapolis 500, um, and I've never lived in Indiana. So I've made the trek, whether it be from Virginia or Florida, to go there. Um, And it is just something where Mm Um, I used this on another interview that uh, Laguna Seca is a church and uh, there's a cathedral and it's called Indianapolis. So there's a, there's a difference in, in what goes yeah. on there. Um, love to uh, find out uh, more if you're um, trying to line things up for Chris Griffiths, um, but I'd love to have the opportunity to touch base with, base with you after that. Um, and then uh, do some updates and then, uh, you know, catch up, uh, as of the time that we're recording this, uh, we're just over, uh, 165 days away from, uh, the cars being on the track, um, at St. Pete. Uh, so being my home track, so I'm, I'm counting for the you. Countdown, so. Well, you can, you can follow that. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sure that I update it for you on Instagram, Twitter. So you'll be able to just glance awesome. at it and know uh, how far it is away and we'll put the pressure on, but, uh. Uh, having that opportunity again to get the seat time and the warm weather and uh, wish you the best on that. And uh, um, fantastic to uh, get to take the time with you and help you tell your story.
1: Yeah, you as well. And thank you so much. I, I really appreciate what you're doing for us young drivers as we
0: come up through the ranks and spread our name out there. And it's nice getting to know you. Fantastic. Okay. And so until next time on 33 dreams of Indy, keep on dreaming.